Art Talk, a place where artists talk about art things and stuff about creativity to help you do art stuff too. James, mate, I'm in a podcast booth and now you're on the recording. (laughs) (laughs) You're featuring Mitch Revs, Sean Wood and Mel Sarge on our second episode of Art Talk where we just don't really know what we do, we just talk. It's the story of my career. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, dude. We'll, yeah, we'll start. Cool, bro. See ya. Second episode, we're here. Yeah, I know. It feels good. It feels good. I actually don't feel nervous this time. Yeah, there's no nerves. We kind of had a little bit of a conversation about what we want to talk about, but I think what's going to work well for us is just flowing it out. Yeah, for sure. we got lots to talk about. It's just where do we start? And what can we talk we about? We always seem There's... to have the good conversations when the cans are off, but now when the cans come on, it feels like it kind of just closes me off to the world and I'm like, where do we begin? <laughs> where do we start? That's going to come with time on the mic, my friend. Yeah, for sure. There's so much going on. Yeah. I, I know that there's a couple things we might be able to talk about and some that we can't, but yeah. yeah. What's going on in the world of Mitch Rev's gallery? Well, I guess we had a massive announcement yesterday that decked out one of our kids' workshop concepts is going to be put on a national level. We've just partnered with Pino and Picasso, which is absolutely huge. You know, we're sending this concept directly into 50 franchises nationwide. That is insane. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think, you know, 12 months ago, this idea was just a little thought that was floating up around my crazy brain. And now to see that you know, put into practice and, and just to see all these kids super happy and, you know, being active and creative and just expressing their inner artist. I say that a lot. It's just, it's so nice and it's just so refreshing to see kids coming and doing things other than sitting in, on their lounge playing games. It's currently school holidays and there's a decked out going on at the studio right this right second. Right now, yeah. Has it hit you what the potential is of Pino and Picasso rolling this out through maybe 60 franchises countrywide? Like, have you sat with that and to feel what that I could actually Oh, mean? I wish you could see the goosebumps on my <laughs> legs right now. Yeah, no, it definitely has. I don't think to its full potential, but... You know, it's super exciting. My passion lies with getting kids excited about their own artwork and giving them confidence and all those things that we kind of suppress as we grow up. So, to just give them full encouragement about what they're doing is absolutely amazing. And just see their little faces light up, you know, that's absolute goal for me. Well, I like what you did there because that's going to segue perfectly into what we wanted to talk about today. And that's this concept of what happens to us when we do grow up and this disconnect that there seems to be in the world with creativity and the thing that I like to talk about is it's growing up in a way where you get to remain childlike. Yeah. So, it's not childish, but keep your childlike nature to look at the world in a certain way with colour, with creativity, you know, and one of the things that we spoke about previously, especially around the decked out and boards and beers that have been <laughs> running, right? And that is, as you've said already a couple of times this conversation is we're trying to connect children with their inner artists, right? For sure. Give them this perspective in the world of creativity and the artist mindset. But at a certain point, it seems that 
as we grow up, there's like a day where life becomes too serious. Life starts to happen yep. and they lose touch of that. that the disconnect inner- happens. Exactly. And what we're noticing, so we're trying to connect that with kids in, in Decked Out. And then we get these people come to boards and beers, local Newcastle people. And consistently, we keep hearing from those people, oh, I'm just trying to reconnect with my inner artist that I had when I was a child. When I was a kid. Yeah. Before, before I grew up, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, it's like this gray area where I don't know what happens. And that's what we want to talk about today. What's in this middle where we just stop? We lose confidence. And I think I've put it down to two things. And I'm going to try and explain this as best as possible. And these are just my opinions. There's so many different ways that this disconnect could happen. Firstly, I feel like the schooling system is a big one for that. Kids are exposed to other kids that have a lack of confidence and they kind of take on little pieces of everyone else and form when they're at a place where they're slowly trying to find themselves as a, as a little human and the things that they like and don't like. And they also kind of get this feeling of, you know, it's just lack of confidence, you know, and they, they kind of crush their dreams when they're still at that point where they're trying to grow as a creative person. So, I think the schooling system briefly, just to touch on that, is one thing. And I think the other thing as well is like, as a child, your only hope of being creative is from your parents encouraging that, whether it's in the home or at school. So, a message that I push in the gallery a lot and artwork that I created, it speaks about being a parent these days in such a digital world. I can only understand as a parent, which I am not, but kids kind of get crazy at times and it's such an easy thing to just hand over your iPhone or or chuck out the iPad, whack on a video and let them just be in their own little place while you get that peace of mind. But what that can actually do, Sean, is it removes the influence of creativity in its most natural form, which is using colour and your two hands, whether that's paint or pencils. You know, kids sitting there with an iPad, it's creating that connection with gaming and all the things that they are now doing in this world, sitting on the internet and stuff that we as a gallery are trying to pull them away from that. So, I think removing that influence unintentionally, Mm. make sure that pencil tin is on the table at home. Make sure the paints are out and don't worry if paint gets on the walls and stuff. It can be fixed. What you're actually doing there is for the sake of you not having to clean up after them, you could be cutting them off from living a life like myself, which is full of creativity and colour and which in turn... Now, me being that creative who was fortunate to have that as a kid, I'm now able to share how I grew up and let kids do that today. Yeah, and so, that's, that's a big, big one for me that comes up is because I've heard you tell that a couple of times about you having art and an encouragement around you growing up, which has led to you living a, an artist's life. For me, the bit that comes up is around encouragement and making yeah. sure that we're letting the youth of today know that it's okay to be creative. My parents weren't artists, you know, so for me, and I've got this journey. Actually, I can share this story. Please do. Look at the smile yeah, on his face. Yeah. I love it. Let's so, go. this is going to be a weird one. Just go. <laughs> so, I, I actually was on Home and Away as a kid. I was Pippa's son on Home and Away. Oh, yeah, look so at that. It's out there, there now. Yeah, it's that's it. Now. And then I had this sort of identity crisis in my teens. So, my parents were supportive and they've always been supportive of everything I do. But I also had four younger siblings. And so, when I was on Home and Away, we were living in Sydney. We moved up the coast and... That creative outlet was, you know, mum started popping out kids and there was no longer time for me to be in an agency and to fulfill that part of my creativity or or that calling that I felt like I had. So, I actually did a little bit of, I I suppressed it in my teenage years and because I didn't have a strong mentor, 
or someone I could go to that I could ask questions like, hey, how do I go and get an agent or how do I practice? Do I go to classes? I suppressed that in my teenage years. And it wasn't until I found parkour that I found my creative outlet, but that was by accident on the internet. And that may have never happened. Sure. And there was a feeling of a part of me not being expressed. Yeah. But if I had had that one uncle, it could have been a much smoother path for me. And I'm very fortunate because I did find parkour and then through that found photography and video and was able to express that. Yeah. But if kids that may be experiencing that like I did just had that person and we as adults uh, encourage that. Yeah. Yeah. then, you know, there might be a whole generation of kids and Decked Out is a perfect example is, of that. And that's absolutely. why we had this conversation yesterday. I'm, I'm so excited that these thousands of kids around the country are going to learn that art is cool. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what I'm most excited about with Decked Out being exposed to all these Pina Picasso franchises now is not only do we get kids in Newcastle able to experience this concept, but nationwide. So, hopefully we see a generation of younger artists, the youth of today coming through and, and taking over the city and taking over my job, you know. I can't wait to see the next generation of kids come through and paint the town. Art Talk. We talk art here and we create it at MitchRevs.com. I do just want to play devil's advocate here a little bit because, you know, our government and that there are arts programs and, and people that do support art communities. And rather than a just say, you know, oh, people aren't doing things right, aren't wrong. What do you feel already we are doing right? And is there any way that we can improve on on systems or anything government-wise that you know of? Have we got any advice or anything we can contribute here? I just think we need more of it. All you have to do is punch into Google, like, creative workshops. There's not a lot out there, especially Mm. for kids. Yeah. And if there is, I feel like, I'm not going to say people are doing it wrong, but there needs to be more thought into how kids think mm. kids can't go to a day workshop because they you see even in one of our two-hour workshops if you don't keep them interested they've lost that want to be there within 15 minutes yeah. so it's like you really need to pull that creativity out of them so i think back to your question there just needs to be a more revised workshop and more of them because there is parents out there wanting their kids to be creative but If you're not a creative person, like you said, if the parent isn't creative Mm. because they've had that lack of confidence growing up, how are they to teach that practice to their kids? I think the last bit for me here is something that I've noticed and it's so exciting with the decked out workshops is there is kids that come to those and that's why we, you know, we've got plans to expand that and maybe give some more offerings that are more regular for that because you will see in each workshop there's that three or four kids that are just are sitting there and they look like for the first time they've found their place in the world. Yeah. You know, at there's art at school and we've had conversations around art at school and what it's good for and what it's not doing so well. For some of those kids, it may just be another subject at school that they resonate with, but it's still school. But coming to the decked out workshops and seeing that there's more kids that like art as well and these kids come and they've prepared before, they've got designs ready and then you, you see them sitting there and they're just like, they, their shoulders are dropped. They look like totally. they've just found their place. Like some of those kids will be surfers and skateboarders, but these kids are finding art and their place in the world. And that that really excites me every time I see that. And that's why I'm like, more of this, more of yeah, this. Yeah, more of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Thinking back to my 
time at school. I didn't like one second of it. I didn't feel like I fit in at school. Mm. I like that these days there's there's a different approach to the schooling system, Steiner schools and mm. schools that just kind of Steiner school. Kind of offer things to there's there's pros and cons about all of these different schooling systems, right? Things that I believe in, things that I don't, but I think from a creative standpoint, having kids be able to come to an art class where they are just hands-on productivity they have help if they need it Mm. by us as artists but also school for me and this is dead true i came dead last in my art class a few reasons for that that. yeah i did i did um (laughs) and reasons for that was because studying for me was really hard i found it hard to concentrate i couldn't hold the information in my brain and i kind of took that in a way where i just thought I must just be dumb, you know, and I constantly told myself that through school, even my parents trying to sit down with me at home and help me study. And I'd just get frustrated. I'd throw my books at the wall. I'd carry on. I'd have a tantrum. And for me, I was upset about it, but I knew that when I had that time in art class where I could sit there and it wasn't about the theory and I just did get to practice art, that's when I was at my happiest. So I think Art outside of school is almost more important than art at school because you're going there with a purpose, you're bringing your own creative ideas and you're just getting two hours away from your parents Mm. where you can just sit there and indulge in art and have the best time ever and you're seeing these kids leave our classes with ownership over the skateboard, whether they want to hang it on the wall or put trucks and wheels on it. Once again, goosebump moment for me. Everything feels right about this program. Yeah. I showed you a video the other day uh, of the late Robin Williams and sort of the outlook he had at the world. And the video, if you want to have a look on YouTube, is The World is Open for Play. And That's I guess, in your Instagram bio, yeah, right? Yeah, it's in my Instagram There we bio. go. Yeah, it's my outlook for the world. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because all of this can be translated into, yeah, just creativity in gen- general. And... These people like Robin Williams, who were contrarians or, or looked at the world in a different way, were free thinking. Larger than life. Yeah, larger than life. Quite often, they're in one or two categories. They're either called insane or geniuses, you know. And there's a part of me that feels like we need to encourage people like that, you know, because how many people have had that sort of brilliance that were maybe shamed or told at some point that that was silly, suppressed that where it's an unrealized how many unrealized robin williams were out there because of the the cultural meme saying that that's weird yeah so for me it's like just this encouragement of of individuality and creativity and more of that in the world is is a world of joy in a world that i would like to be a part of i love that i love that yeah you're right like people like robin williams they can be written off as being insane and if you're forever being told to grow up and you do listen to that and you do grow up, then you miss the play and you forget about that. And then had this conversation with you the other day, Sean, you're being told your whole life to grow up where then you train your brain to go, I can't wait till I'm 18 so I can drink. I can't wait till I'm 25 so I can go overseas and and run a mark. And then you get to 30 and then you wish that you were 25 again or you wish you were 18. And even further than that, you all you want to do at the end of the day is just be a kid again. A good documentary that I've seen, it's called The Beautiful Losers and it's about this art movement back in the early 90s in New York and one of the guys on there, Ed Templeton, professional skateboarder and now photographer artist, he opens the documentary with a a short scene where he talks about being fortunate that he never grew up and he always looked at the world 
in a sense of play yeah. and he always carries a camera on his shoulder and he never puts creativity aside because once you do that you let go of your childhood like all we had and were exposed to when we were kids was full creativity in yeah. its purest form yeah and it's not until you go to school and you start learning or being educated by a form that only someone else has been told like you just yeah. I don't know, man. Well, I don't believe in it. The thing is, it's like the world is a much different place than maybe when we were tribal people, right? There was a, a coming of age ceremony that happened. You know, if you re- you look into tribal cultures, there were processes put in place where through ceremony at a certain time, you became an adult and responsibility was put on. And But there was values that set around that that was clearly defined and you weren't discouraged from creativity there and it made more sense. But in our world, with what you just said, it's like we're always grasping for something new, when we can drink, when we can do this. We're, we're always looking to the future. But at what point do we become an adult? It's not clear to us when you- There's no fixed time where you're no, like, I'm now an adult. Yeah. And so, what that you get to that end point and then you look back and you go, oh, like I've missed out on, on all the things that were important. You know, there's a term for that and it's yeah. called a midlife crisis. Yeah, you know? there can, we go. It can happen- <laughs> At any point in your life, it can happen when you're 18, it can happen when you're 40, it can happen when you're 80 years old. And I think it all comes back to losing, this is my personal opinion, it comes with losing creativity and getting to a point where you just realize that you're living this daily grind and all you're thinking about is that next paycheck and where you're going to spend it and how it's going to best suit you and whoever involved is in your life, when at the end of the day... You came into this world with nothing. You're going to fucking die with nothing. Yeah. So, just enjoy the ride and don't like just don't sweat the little things. I yeah. think it's important to carry the camera on your, on your shoulder in its film form. Digital camera, we've always got it in our pocket, but yeah. let there be room for error. Yeah. You know, I think we're all trying to perfect our lives so it's streamlined. One thing I've learned and been exposed to in the last week is it's never going to be right. You're yeah. never going to check all those boxes off to have time to do what you want to do. Mm. I'm forever trying to spend my week getting to the end of it, ticking all those boxes so I can just go and have a day off. I'm never going to get there. Mm. You know, I've just got to come to terms with enjoy the week, be open to play and, you know, let everything else just fall around it because otherwise you're going to live an unhappy life and, you know, as soon as you realise that, the quicker you'll be happy. How does your art talk? Email sean at mitchrevs.com. I think there was a lot there. It's going to be fun to even just listen back to this one. This is like the first podcast we we just get into this energy and we're like, look, listen back, we're like, oh, that was sick. (laughs) (laughs) So, there's a lot to unpack there. Is there any last words that you have around this subject? Be open to play. Be open to play. The world is open to play. I love that. I love that. Until next time. Until next time. Yes. Cool. That was sick. Hey, Mel. I need to do something for my own self. (laughs) This is how I feel right now, okay? Yeah. (laughs) With these cans on my head. That's exactly how I feel. I'm looking at your picture up there on the art talk thing. (laughs) I forgot about this intro, but just where it kicks in. Lay a rap down, are you? Oh, shit. I don't know what the purpose of that was, but I just feel like sitting here looking at you. Imagine that first time where 
Eminem walks into the booth. Have you seen The Defiant Ones? Have you watched that one? I haven't one? watched Defiant Ones. Okay, no. so for anyone listening, I know Mel always tells us not to say that because it creates a disconnect on a podcast, but I said it, so suck it up. The Defiant Ones on Netflix is an amazing documentary. I think it's four-part doco. It basically goes through the management side of people like Dr. Dre, Eminem, there's a bunch of different artists, right, musicians, and it's about how this label finds them, whether it's through YouTube, on the street, and brings them all together. And they have all this, like, raw footage and audio of artists like Eminem going into the booth for the first time. And, like, Dre's basically composed a beat, which I'm pretty sure was the real Slim Shady. Yeah. And... He gets him in the booth for the first time and you can hear he hits the beat and Eminem in a matter of 30 seconds standing there in front of the mic, you can see his brain like just firing and coming up with words (laughs) and he just starts spitting what is that song today. Really trippy and I mean that's why I played that for a bit of a gag but I just like imagine the first time when you know artists or creators just hit the nail for that first moment and Mm. then like tracks like the Beatles and things do you feel like those guys when they lay down those tracks for the first time they knew that they were going to be as big as they are well the thing is even the Beatles they had played something like a thousand shows they were playing in like pubs what before they were massive yes and this is the thing that we forget we all respect and fall in love with people at a certain part in their journey and quite often a new artist comes onto the scene and we're like wow they're geniuses they're just like it's a god-gifted skill that they've got but we only find out about them at the journey when they're already a master yeah for sure you know and it is the ten thousand hours that have been put in before that Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. beatles playing like seven shows a week in little pubs in in two people in the crowd yeah exactly and and then at this point in the journey where we, we call them geniuses it's like they've already put in the work there it's like you doing your tattooing right like that was you know your apprenticeship of some description it it was an apprenticeship and i'm sure there's so many of those skills that led to you making your first meriwether piece and if you hadn't have done that you wouldn't have just sat down in front of the canvas that day and started drawing that meriwether piece you know so we're quite quick to make this judgment on on people like eminem (laughs) jumping to the mic for the first time and just having the words come to his head but you've seen eight mile he's on the bus right now i love that show i feel like artists these days are kind of trying to expedite that though like i'm not saying people aren't willing to put in ten thousand hours but they're getting frustrated why they're not at that level sooner Mm. i think that's the social world you know people are just trying to get that 100k followers or that million followers and i guess mm, yeah social media is fucked isn't it tiktok generation and there is some interesting stuff around this we're in this like self-help world as well where the there's a whole billion dollar industry around self-help and don't get me wrong i've read all those books and i love all those books but at some point you've got to put the books down because we're being taught you know it started tim ferris is one of my biggest sort of online mentors and you had the four-hour work week but it was all about hacking and cracking and trying to shorten the time that it takes to yeah to become a master and it's like it's not 10,000 hours anymore it's actually a thousand hours and if you do these and you sleep enough and you do the you know if you take out essentially what is the beauty of the process yeah then you can get there quicker it was like why do why do I want to get there quicker also I can share it to more people you know back in the 90s and the 2000s you'd ask a kid what they wanted to be 
be and they would say, I want to be famous. Yeah. Right. Course. And and then you'd go, well, what does famous mean? You do realize that people are famous for a thing, but you know, kids. So now these days you ask young kids what they want to be and they say, I want to be an influencer. It was yeah, like, well, wow. what is an influencer? Like usually an influencer has a skill and you know, so we, we miss out sometimes when these kids are dreaming. It's like, well, actually what craft do you want to become an influencer? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and there's a bit of a disconnect there. It's sad, man. Mm. I'm worried for this next generation. I know a bunch of people that just don't want to have kids because they're afraid to bring them into the world that we live in. And Yeah, I've heard that as well. That quite surprises me. And I, at first when I heard that, I was like, that sounds ridiculous. But then- The more you think about it, yeah. like, you know, I think we need more people in this world that are thinking long term because- the people that have been before us, they're all short-term thinkers. All you have to do is look at how fucked up the world is. And, you know, we've really made some bad decisions in the last 10 to 20 years that you won't be able to reverse these things. Mm. You know, we've we've done some damage. So, And I feel like, unfortunately, that's what social media is doing. And mm. it's scary, man. It's a scary time. But all you can do is try and stay positive and leave your mark on the world and inspire people to not do that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, something that I'm super interested in because it's very easy to blame. And I, I think Gary Vee talks about this quite a lot. And it's like, it's very easy to blame the platforms. And we, you know, we've seen documentaries like The Social Dilemma and, and all of this type of stuff. And absolutely, the algorithm is influencing people in a negative way. But I think what it's actually doing is uncovering a human problem, you yeah. know, and it's and it is this anxiety that we've never seen before. And it's like, okay, well, what is it that we're actually un- uncovering about ourselves because of these tools? Mm. You know, because in the, you know, 80s and the 90s, it was television addiction. Everyone was addicted to television. People would watch 10 hours or 20 hours of, of television a day. And then in the 2000s and 2010s, it was computer games, you know, and yep. mass shootings are happening because kids are playing computer. Well, it's like, well, is it? Is it that? Or is it the systematic sort of problems that we have, mental health problems that are underlying that these are just uh, sure. uncovering. And so, maybe it's more taking a look at ourselves and and our values as human beings that is the, the real problem. Does are that- you saying I'm too quick to judge? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, 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 no, it's not that because I, I get the Instagram algorithm. It, it knows you right now better. You know that better than anyone. Yeah, that's, your, exactly. that's your role in yeah. this thing, right? Exactly. Maybe that's why I'm defending it a little bit because yeah. it's what I do for work. But <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like what's under that? You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. If you've made it this far, what are you doing with your life? Go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. 